You're listening to the One Lord, One Hope, One Faith podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to season two. Um, We are super excited for the new stuff we're going to be starting. We are going to continue to do things similar to the first season, but we have some new stuff. So instead of doing a book of the Bible, we are going to be reading through Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Um... I personally, I assume Callan will agree with me on this, but think it would be a great idea if you want to get a copy and read yeah. it along with us, and then we'll kind of explain it and, and everything. And you can even, if you want. Obviously, as best we can. Yes, we're going to do our best. It's kind of complicated. But also, y'all could, if y'all want to send in questions, we can go over them in the next episode or two that episodes from then. Cool. That'd be awesome. And we're only going to cover two chapters every episode, so one chapter for you to read a week, and they're actually pretty short. Yeah, but they're so... They're short but complicated. They're short but so, like, full, like, packed with stuff. Yes. And then the second thing we're going to do, instead of covering a topic every time, is we are going to cover a woman from the Bible. Um, I'm super excited about this series. Me too. I've been just fascinated by the women in the Bible. And it was because funny because... Are, well, we think they're so few. Exactly, so that's what I was about to say. And when we start digging into it, we're like... Hey, like, we literally came up with... Hold on, let me see. Where's our list? We came up with, like, 21 <laughs> women. And that was just... Not even, like, as we're reading through the Bible, not even, like, pulling them out. I was just coming up with lists and figuring stuff out. Um, so, thanks to our seminarian and slash tech guy for the yep. suggestion of an awesome series idea. We are going to cover a different woman, not necessarily, and, like, covering what we can learn from them. And also, not only just, like, the good girls, like Mary... Mm-hmm. mother of Jesus. Obviously, we're going to cover her. She's a huge woman in the Bible and covering her, but also women who were living in sin, like the woman at the well. And then the ones you've never heard of. Exactly. Like, like Jehosheba. Not yeah. actually sure if I'm even saying that right. Anyway, so today we are covering the Proverbs 31 woman who we have named Kellen. Well, okay. So I just decided... We were talking, FaceTime me talking about this podcast episode. And I was like, we can't call her the, the Proverbs 31 lady the whole time. Like, we just can't do it. And so she was like, Savannah was like, okay, well, you know that verse in there where it's like, um, you know, she will be more precious than, she is worth more than precious jewels. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, okay, so we'll just call her jewels. And I was like, okay, perfect. That works. Because I just, I need to call her something. Yes, That's I agree. Perfect. Obviously. We should, we're probably end up doing that for all the nameless women because. Yeah. But, um, because, okay, so going ahead and just kind of diving right into this, just to explain my point, um, the woman in Proverbs 31, it actually wasn't a specific woman. Mm -hmm. It was King. Stand by. Hold on. Lemuel. Yes. King Lemuel's mother was teaching him, you know, how to be a good king. And so in that chapter, he goes, she goes over, you know, um, don't get drunk. Warning him against strong drink, you know, standing up for the poor. Um, 
And then how to find a good I love how this whole, she's like, okay, here's the advice. She spends nine verses talking about other stuff. And then she spends like the other 21, like just talking about how to like find, look for a wife that has these yeah. characteristics. So I'm just saying, ladies, the wife's a very important part. Just in case y'all were wondering. Yeah. And so, um, it's not a specific woman, but this is King Lemuel's mother saying, hey, listen, this is what defines a truly good wife. This is a woman that you need to choose in order to spend the rest of your life with. And basically, she was teaching him about what kind of woman to look and search for. And so he would be able to recognize her when he found her. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's interesting seeing the things that she didn't put on the list. Right. Nowhere did she put a woman who wears a size zero right. is perfect. And not bashing those of you out there who wear size zeros, y'all are, are beautiful. But everyone else, like, she doesn't mention the physical yeah. appearance. And that, I think, doesn't, she actually doesn't say anything about physical appearance until we get to um, the 30th verse where it says charm can be deceptive and beauty doesn't last. Mm-hmm. That's all she says. She's like, and by the way, it doesn't last, so choose well. Don't just choose based on their looks. And yep. I think seeing that, especially as girls, who I feel like a lot of girls our age and teenagers and everything, like the mm-hmm. things we do to impress like, what we think was going to impress a guy or whatever. Realizing, like, if he's truly a man who is running after God and worthy and who you're going to want for a husband, this is what he's going. he should be looking for. Yep. So strive to be these things. Strive to be clothed in strength and dignity. Strive to be a hard worker and... All these other things. And I'm not saying this like, here, this is a list of checklists. And if you don't make this checklist, you're not worthy to be married. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying cultivate these things more than spend more time learning to fear God than you spend trying to please man. And an important, a really important thing is these, these things. Okay. Um. These, all the things that we're about to talk about and cover, they're actually the fruits. Mm-hmm. They're actually the fruits of fear of the Lord. Of yes. The fear of the Lord. Like this, this woman here is, she is striving and chasing after God. Like she's not striving for perfection. She's not striving for perfection, but she's doing her best. She's giving everything to God. And because of that, these are the fruits of her labor. Yeah, I think, so the, I think one of the coolest things when I was researching this chapter and researching this woman was a girl or somebody, I don't know who she was, wrote a blog post somewhere. And she said that her friend was Jewish. And she said that, you know, because today girls are the ones who really study this verse and. Yes. They're like, oh, this is what I need to do. You know, there's Proverbs 31 woman. There's what you're going to say. Yeah. And so she was saying that for them and their culture, like this, Mm -hmm. it's for the men that the men memorize it and they sing it to their wives and their sisters and their daughters to praise them. 
They're not saying, this is what you need to do. You're not measuring up. They're saying, look at everything you do. This is who you're becoming. And I thought that was just awesome. Yeah. I actually was thinking about that today. I was like, today, I mean, the women, we study this verse and we memorize it and we pour it into our hearts and we hang it up in our walls and so that we can know it. But we It's of, not even for girls. You know, like how we look at colors as like boy colors and girl colors. Mm-hmm. Blue is for boys and pink is for girls. You know, simple. Well, we kind of take this verse like, oh, this is a girl's verse. And so guys read it, but, you know, they skim it because they're like, oh, that's for the girls. Mm-hmm. no. No, it's not. You guys should be pouring this in your heart just as much. And that's so interesting. Because when I was really digging into this, I realized that for the first time. That was something that I just never thought of. It's like, wait a minute. This isn't... This isn't for this isn't for girls to read and be like, oh, this is what I need to be. This is for guys to be like, oh, this is who I need to look for. These are the things I need to look for. I thought that was just really cool and something I never heard of before. But... Um, so King Lemuel's mother talks about the characteristics of a good wife, starting in verse 10 and going through verse 31. So would you like to start about that? Start on that. Pause this podcast, read it for yourself, come back. I don't know what you want to do. This is a lot to read. Um, but it starts and says an excellent wife who can find. She is more precious than jewels. Yep. And it's... It's saying, like, this is rare. This is what you need to look for because she is more precious than jewels. And then it goes on to list all these things. He was a king, and so he would have had a lot of jewels. A lot of choices, too. You know, and so she's like, this mother says she's more precious than jewels. Like, that's that's, like he actually knows what that means. Yes. She's like, this is she like this is one of be this is one of the most important choices. Because she's more precious than jewels. She's worth more than all of this. So you need to you need to pay attention and you need to, like, figure out and you need to find one who's going to be of an excellent wife. And so she goes into all this stuff that she does. Um, she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. Um, so basically... <laughs> This is maybe the the my least favorite verse of this entire section, but it says she rises while it is yet night, and I'm like, yeah. I don't want to wake up while it's yet night. <laughs> <sighs> you know, it's like I'm just gonna be honest, y'all. I like my sleep. I woke up at seven thirty this morning, and I was but like, I don't know, I want to get up. Ta- I'm on fall break right now. You know what time I got up? Ten o'clock. Good for you. I literally got up at ten o'clock today. But that's so important. It's because when the house is still quiet, you know, it's so important to be able, for me specifically, to be able to get in my quiet time before all the kids wake up, you know, start making grand amounts of noise. Mm-hmm. And all that they bring to the day. And I love them so much. And, you know, like, the house is a joy with them around. But it's hard. To, it can be difficult to focus. Mm-hmm. And I do, I personally do mine at night. Um, mm-hmm. Just after everybody's in bed. Yeah. So it's quiet. And my room, surprisingly, unless Cora is, like, trying to bang the wall down in her crib because our walls back up to each other. Yeah. My room is surprisingly quiet most of the time. So usually if I can, want, can do quiet time in the day, yeah, then I can just go in there. But I know, like, for you, 
if anyone wants to get into the boys' room, they have to walk through your room. So <laughs> it's not really going to work for you. So it just also just figuring out when works for you. And that was a total side thing. But yeah. back to Jules. Yep. Um, um, but the one of actually my favorite verses in here was verse 11 where it says, her husband can trust her and she will richly satisfy all his needs. Okay, guys. Here's the thing. Every single relationship you have and have had, think about it, has been built on and thrived because of what? Because of trust. Trust. Mm-hmm. They tell you things. They, they get vulnerable. They say, hey, I'm struggling. I need your help. I need you to pray for me about this. You know, I'm really going through this time. Hey, this is awesome. This just happened. Because they trust you. They trust you to love them regardless. They trust you to, um, you know, just kind of keep quiet about this because this is something that they're going through, but mm-hmm. they need prayer. They need help. They need guidance. They need truth. Honestly, like, trust is one of the most important parts in a relationship. Because I know, like, I know I can tell Callan something, and she's going to pray for me, and she's going to help me, but she's not going to go blab it to everyone in the world. Yeah. Whereas I have friends that I can't share as much with because I know it will get out. And we can still be friends. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying I have to be like, well, I can't trust you, so I'm just going to cut you off out of my life forever. But at the same time, there's not that level of depth that there is in my other friendships. Um, I think there's so much good stuff in this verse and so many things that we can strive for. Um, but the most important part is in verse 30 and it says, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, Mm -hmm. but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You're listening like the fear of the Lord. That is where all this, this is, that's where everything else is coming from. If she didn't fear the Lord, her husband wouldn't be able to trust her. If she didn't fear the Lord, she wouldn't be able to laugh at the future because she wouldn't trust God with it. All these things that we admire in jewels, um, all these things that we strive for, the root of it is the fear of the Lord. And that is what we should be cultivating. That is what we should be working on the most. I also would kind of just like to point out one thing. So if you guys go and read Proverbs 31, isn't in its entirety um, after this episode, you find a lot about um, the woman in the home. And today, in today's culture, um, we have a lot of kind of a lot of controversy about the woman being in the home, and like that's not all she is. That's not all she amounts to. You know, she can do more things than being in the home. Um, and that is true. But we have to understand the culture in which this was written. Um, one, we were created to be in the home. Like, we were created to be in it and to keep it and to love it and to find joy in it. We were made to raise children, bring them up, lead them down the right path, Um show them the way in which we should go but also too in this time that's all a woman was doing like there was there was no they weren't the money makers they weren't the breadwinners 
they didn't do anything but work in the home. Mm-hmm. And I think, I would, side note real quick. Okay, go ahead. Also, that is, that was what a woman found her joy in. And I'm not, we're not saying like, if you do not find joy in washing dishes and doing laundry, then you have failed as a human being and as a woman. Yeah. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't find a whole lot of joy in dishes either. But, but then it actually moves on and says something pretty, pretty cool. Um, because it's almost as if, like, they knew, like, God knew this is exactly the issue that was going to come up. Because he goes on, um, what, what's his name? King Lemuel. King Lemuel's mother says, she goes out to inspect a field and buys it with her own hands and she plants a vineyard. Mm-hmm. She is an energetic and a hard worker and watches for bargains. Okay. So then we go and we see that because her husband trusts her, he's basically letting her do, like, the business deals. Like, he's like, hey, I trust you enough to go outside of the home and to look at this for me. You know, she's working in the field. She's working mm-hmm. side by side with her husband. She's planting the vineyard with her own hands. You know, she's watching for bargains. All these things. And so it's interesting because that actually shows her strength in both fields. Yes. It's not in either or. It's not like this is right and this is wrong. And if you work outside the home, you have failed as a Christian. And it's not if you don't work outside the home, then you've also, like, that's neither side of the issue is the end all. You know? It's not as black and white as it might seem. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, we're going to move over to Mere Christianity. This is a book I love. I think it's so good, of full of truth, but it's also, like, super confusing a lot of the time. So I'm excited yeah. to talk through it, and hopefully y'all are reading along. So, basically, we are, um, C.S. Lewis. Actually, his Mere Christianity, this started with a, a BBC radio broadcast that he was doing um, during the Second World War, I believe. So he was going on the radio and he was talking about this because think about what a devastating time that was and how dark it must have been and um, how much we would have been searching for hope in that time, our mm-hmm. country. And so, and also, um, I think searching for God because, yeah, you know, they're being bombed. Yeah, it's not like they're all fighting the war in Germany and sons and brothers not coming home. Yes, like they're facing that reality, and at the same time, like they're sending their children, Chronicles of Narnia here. They're sending their kids yep. away because they don't want them to die. And so, then you know we have we have so many orphans because you know this place gets bombed. We have mothers who no longer have sons, widows, you know, brotherless sisters, and all these things. And so he's going on and he basically is on, he's starting with the very, at the very beginning, getting to the very core of what Christianity is and unpacking that. And so it kind of started with these radio broadcasts. And then as, um, when he, you know, stopped doing those, he turned them into a book. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, there are some added chapters that weren't broadcasted, and he says that in there. Um, but basically, this is a book about the very center of Christianity, what makes it up, 
and what all goes into it. So he starts off with, he starts in the beginning of the first chapter and he just dives right in. Cause, mm-hmm. And so he starts and he's like, you know, we hear people arguing all the time. Yep. Everybody hears everybody arguing. It's not like arguing is something confined to one person or one family or whatever. Everybody argues. And when you listen to people argue, you hear them. They will try to, one person will be like, you did this. You stole my chair. And the other person, usually, now today's culture, we've kind of gone crazy. But usually that person doesn't go, well, who cares if I stole your chair? Yeah. They, they argue, well, no, this is really my chair. And there, you see in the arguments in daily life that they both seem to know that stealing a chair is wrong. Yeah. But... So they they both see that the stealing the chair is wrong, but like how? How is there just how do they both know? They didn't like write up a contract. It wasn't like these are the rules. Stealing chairs is wrong. They somehow mm-hmm. just know, and they've always just always known. You know, it's not like even you know like you know we both have little siblings. You know, Oak has this look where he'll go to do something. Like even he started when he was like tiny. You know, he will go to do something and he'll look at it over at you and he'll smile and he'll make sure, you know, like he's kind of testing the waters and then he'll, mm-hmm. you know, because he knows he's not really supposed to. But did we teach him that? Did we really? Yeah. How he knows he he's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. But why? Why? You know, especially kids are a good example. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. But so he goes into this and he's saying there's this moral law and we all know it. And he goes on in the second chapter. He continues with this like foundation. Mm -hmm. And he's saying there are two instincts, the self-preservation instinct and the herd instinct. And one, say you hear a man drowning and he's calling for help. Your self-preservation like instinct is going to be like, oh, run away because I don't want to die too. I don't want to drown. Right. Well, your herd instinct is going to be like, oh, go save him. But something in you is going to be telling you, go save him. Not your herd instinct. It's going to be telling you, listen to that instinct. Don't listen to the follow, like the runaway instinct. They're both pulling against the other equally. And so there has to be a third party that's in the middle somewhere being like, this is what you need to do. This is what you don't need to Mm -hmm. do. So that is the moral law. And this is a quick detour because it's like in our culture today, we have people who will say that truth is relevant and truth doesn't really matter and say this podcast, I'm trying to, this podcast could have two hosts. Callan and I could think it has two hosts. And if you think it has one host, well, then we're both right. Yeah. Which guys, I'm just saying that, that doesn't make any sense. Something. There's no logic behind that. I but something the other day, and it was like in today's society, we can believe whatever we want as long as we believe it's not absolute truth. Mm-hmm. But as long as we don't believe it stands true always, as long as we just believe, you know, it's true, it's circumstantial. Is that the right word? Uh-huh. Um, then it's fine. Then we we can both be right. Yes, but like honestly, guys, that's not the way truth works. It's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Just if you think something's black and I think something's purple, 
it can't be both. I mean, unless it's like striped. We but literally, me and Caroline literally had a whole debate about that the other day. I thought her shirt was navy, and she said it was black. Judah said it was black too, but I'm pretty sure it was navy. Okay. Well, right. but one of you had to be right or wrong. Yeah, I'm. Pretty you weren't both right. I'm not gonna lie, pretty sure I was wrong. But anyway, the thing is, you might have someone who thinks, you know, truth is relevant. And Mm -hmm. so stealing, if you follow that truth is relevant, if I think stealing is wrong, they might say that stealing is okay. But the second you steal something of theirs, like Mm -hmm. say you are like, okay, truth is relevant. You take their... I don't know. You break into their house and you steal something. They're going to get mad. They're going to be like, you did that. That's wrong. Yeah. But why? Like, I think truth is relevant. I think the truth is that that was really my house and that was really my stuff. Was that true? No. And they're going to say something. They're going to be like, no, that's not. That's my house. But if truth is relevant. See, it doesn't. It's like a self-defeating theory. It doesn't make any sense. Yep. That was a little side note. But basically, that's what he's saying. And I thought a good point he makes at the bottom is apparently after he had broadcast this, someone like got in touch with him and was like, Mm -hmm. you say that this moral law hasn't changed. Like it's been the same forever. And you said that that's how it works. But 300 years ago in England, I mean, obviously this will be like 400 years ago now. Yeah. But people were burning witches. Well, now, now we're not. So isn't that an advance in moral law? Because now we're not killing witches. And he was like, well, no, because you don't, like, you don't believe in witches. They really did believe in witches. If we really believed in witches, we would kill them because, like, why would we not? If we believe that, let's, okay, murderers get the death sentence. He's saying, if we really did believe that there were people out there who sold their soul to the devil and had supernatural powers to kill and hurt people, we would kill them. Who else, who deserves killing more than them? If they're like literally killing people, like we kill murderers, but we don't believe that there are witches anymore. So that's just an advancement in knowledge. It's not an advancement in moral law. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a good, a good um, argument against it and seeing how, Oh, okay, so that that's what makes sense. Just like if you're listening and you're like, well, that same thing. Um, I think that is basically what he says. Um, yeah. that's the main and core of it. Chapters we're gonna be giving, just kind of like um, our thoughts on it and just a summary. And yeah, Ex- explaining chapters. things that were confusing at first, and hopefully yeah. helping you digest this book. And also, if you even if you don't get the book, maybe understanding these principles on your own, yeah. if that makes sense. So my favorite quote from this chapter, where hopefully, I don't know if Callan has hers or not, but I'm going to do like a favorite quote from each two chapters. And so my favorite quote from this mainly was just kind of summarize it in. It says, first, that human beings all over the earth have this curious idea that they ought to behave in a certain way and cannot really get rid of it. Secondly, that they do not, in fact, behave that way. They know the law of nature. They break it. And I thought it was important just kind of wrapping it, like summarizing it, and also seeing, like, we break that law and everybody knows it. Callan, do you have a favorite quote or should we move on to the random round? Okay, that's fine. We can move on to the random round. 
if you were put wrongfully put in an insane asylum, how would you convince them that you're actually sane and not just pretending to be sane? <laughs> uh, <laughs> how, do you even, how do you even approach that? <laughs> okay, well, I mean, why would you not just have a completely sane conversation? Like, why would you not just sin, sit down and logically state your case, calmly proceed forth with it? I mean... But, like, what if they really, still think you're pretending? Okay, well, then that's their issue. <laughs> but <laughs> then you don't get yeah, let out. Yeah. You'd be like, just sorry. give me a psychological. The problem is, Callan, if they did a psychological on either of us, they'd find out we really were crazy. So that wouldn't really help. So psych evaluation wouldn't be that... Just helpful. kidding, just kidding, guys. We do have all our mental faculties in place, we think. <laughs> okay, you have a would you rather? Okay, would you... Do you like hearing the good news first or the bad news first? The bad news, because then hopefully the good news makes the bad news less bad. Hey, me too, because you get all excited over the good news, and then you hear the bad news. And you're like, like bust your bubble. Yeah, I'd much rather hear the bad news and then have get a bubble that's unburst. Be sad about it, and then hear, hear the, the good, good news. news and be like, oh, yeah. Okay, I have a, another would you rather, because that one was short. Um, yeah. Okay, so, you know, Disney is remaking, like, every movie they've ever made into a live-action movie, of course. So, both would be odd, not odd movies, but The Little Mermaid, it's all underwater, and Tangled, you get to walk around with, like, a bajillion pounds of hair on your head. So, which would you star in if you had to be, if you were cast as the live-action princess in one of those two movies, which one would it be? Tangled. Tangled. Just because it's just my favorite. I just love it. I love Tangled too. Like, how could I not be in Tangled? I think I like, I think I can sing um, the Little Mermaid song really well. Part I of your world. That would also be another problem is because she's, she has like the highest little tiny soprano voice and I can't She does? Do yeah. I mean, I think so. Mm, okay. I can't do it. And Rapunzel's much more of an alto. She honestly doesn't sing that much. Like, she sings, like, one song. She doesn't. No, she sings two songs. I take that back. She sings a lot. She has... I like her voice. And also, Flynn Rider is my favorite prince because... Also true. He's, like, one of the only princes with a personality. Other than Aladdin. But it's still Flynn, like, Flynn Rider. I feel like he got his girl by lying and stealing and cheating. But, I mean, he does... that's, 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 That's not what I'm about. Wait, Aladdin or Flynn Rider? Aladdin. Oh, okay. I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. Did he not? Yeah, he kind of did. I thought you were saying Flynn Ryder, and I was like, but she, like, makes him a good person. Yeah, no, no, no. Flynn is good. He recovered from his past. Aladdin, he just was rewarded for lying and stealing and cheating people. Okay, guys. Well, there you have it. Um, Live-action Disney movies, our favorite princes, and welcome to season two. Let us know what you think about these ideas and if you have any women from the Bible or questions about our chapter, we'd love to hear them. Bye. Okay, bye, guys.